Greetings, my alien babies, and welcome to the Alien Babies Podcast with your host, Arthur Alien, where we talk about UFOs, ghosts, the paranormal, living life, following your dreams, and even how to start your own business and work for yourself, but mainly UFOs and the supernatural. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, uh, I want to get right into it and have four magazines here, actually. And I want to read some articles, some informative articles, some spooky ones, some entertaining ones. Here's one, The Complete Guide to the Supernatural, Unexplained, Frightening, Otherworldly, Revealed Mysteries of the Unknown. So we're going to get into this nice magazine. Very excited. Got some cool stuff in it. Got a nice picture of a UFO on the front abducting a guy. So that's cool. Uh, Aliens and abductions. Magic and witchcraft. Ghosts and spirits. So that's cool. And then on other episodes I'm going to get into. I have three more magazines here. Ghost hunting. True Tales of the Paranormal, America's Scariest Places, Haunted, Creepy, Abandoned, and then we have The World's Most Haunted Places, Creepy, Ghostly, and Notorious Spots, Dracula's Castle, The Queen Mary, The Psycho House, The Tower of London, The Shining's Hotel, The Amityville Horror House as well. So we got some of those. So if you want to learn how to have a ghost hunt, the Ghost Hunting Magazine is what I'll be reading from in another time. If you want to learn how to have a ghost hunt, how to go on a ghost hunt, what to look for, what to do, what not to do, so spirits don't follow you home. And then we have uh, the complete guide to the supernatural here. So let's get right into it. Nice spooky witch on the inside cover here in the woods. Very nice. Uh, We got some more creepy images. That's cool. Now we have a picture of a Ouija board. Is seeing believing? It's right there in front of your eyes. The magician levitates. The fortune teller Reveals details only only you would know. A ghostly apparition materializes out of nowhere in an old cemetery. A bright light shaped like a saucer hovers over the horizon. Everything you hold to be true and sacred screams out at you that none of this can be true. And yet, there it is. The unreal seems so real. I know, that's, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly how I feel. When I see something incredible in the sky, a UFO, or some other paranormal phenomenon, you know, you can't believe that it's real, but it's right there in front of you. 
And so you have no choice but to believe it because you, you're seeing it for yourself. You're witnessing it with your own eyes. Everything you hold to be true and sacred screams out at you that no, well, I already read that, my bad. In these pages, explore a world that's turned upside down and inside out by examining the legends and the science behind witchcraft, magic, near-death experiences, reincarnation, psychics, and astrologers. Get the facts about famous real-life witches like Wicca founder Gerald Gardner or the fascinating voodoo princess Marie Laveau and illusionist Yuri Geller David Blaine. I know who that is. He actually recently flew like 100 balloons up into the sky. He attached himself to a, a flock of balloons and just floated up and up into the sky and then put on it without a parachute. He, at first, he's, he wasn't attached to the parachute. Don't know why. Well, he has his reasons, but just it's dumb. So in midair, he had to put on his parachute. So he could have died at any point. And uh, then he cut himself loose. And then plummeted to the ground with the parachute. Luckily, he was alive. And nothing bad happened. And Harry Houdini. Find out what miracles the saints performed to be worthy of canonization. Try to imagine the strange calm that overcomes people who die and come back to life. And weigh the arguments about psychic powers, ghosts, Vampires. Ooh, vampires are cool. Angels, werewolves, and UFOs. In this journey, we will pierce the veil between truth and fantasy. You may be amazed at what awaits you on the other side. Magic, witchcraft, and voodoo. Hop on a broom with your favorite witches and warlocks. Brave a broken mirror and be dazzled by illusionists. Toil and Trouble. A History of Witches. Which witch is which? Where we got our ideas about wicked women. From the Enchantress... Circe, I don't know how to read that. Circe of Greek mythology to the Old Testament's witch of Endor, whom King Saul consulted to summon a dead prophet. Witches and sorcerers have been around since ancient times, but the familiar image of the shrieking old crone, I don't know what a crone is, with a big nose and stringy hair comes from the 16th and 17th centuries. A tumultuous era of religious upheaval, poverty, and disease. The end time appeared near and blame had to be assigned. Enter the witch. That instrument, if not the mistress of the devil.
casting spells and raising the dead. Men in positions of power, the clergy, the magistrates, boistered by a scared and ignorant populace, tried to root out witches among society's most powerless, misunderstood, and feared sector. That is to say, women. That is to say, women. As misogyny and witch hunting moved in tandem throughout history, those women on the margins of society, the old, the childless, the widowed, the unmarried, the ugly and the free-thinking or independent, endured the brunt of the season of the witch frenzy. Old superstitions. The development of the printing press around 1440 spread images of witches across Europe. The template of the ugly old woman came from a 1500 engraving by the German artist Albrecht Dürer called Witch Riding Backwards on a Goat. In addition, a 1486 witch hunting handbook called Malleus Maleficarum, or The Hammer of Witches, became a century-long bestseller with its elaborate and sexually obsessed theories and practical advice on how to hunt down, identify, and interrogate suspected witches. Wow. By some estimates, 200,000 Western Europeans, nearly all of them women, were tortured, burned, or hanged on suspicion of being witches. In the New World, the Salem Witch Trials of 17th century Massachusetts ended in the deaths of 20 suspected witches or collaborators, 14 of them women. By the 18th century, Enlightenment ideas began to change some of the old superstitions. Witches were seen more as symbols of societal ills and sources of sexual fascination. A Francisco Goya drawing serves as a model for what we think of today as the witch, a dried-up woman showing a pretty younger woman how to fly on a broomstick. The word fly in Spanish having a double meaning as slang for orgasms. What? Yeah, this article is losing me. I don't even know what they're talking about. Today, Views have so softened that the Wicked Witch of the West can exist in the same cultural space as Hermione, or Hermione from the Harry Potter or TV's Teen Witch Sabrina. Real-life modern witches tend to practice Wicca, a pre-Christian tradition whose motto to harm none means living in harmony with nature. Though prosecution continues throughout the world, 
As recently as 2010, suspected witches, both men and women, were beaten and slashed with machetes in New Guinea. As recently as 2010. Wow. It's messed up. Let's see, we have a picture here on the left. Looks like they're in some kind of sewer. Uh, left, suspected witches were thrown into the water. If they floated, they were guilty. Above, Francisco Goya drew many images of witches. We have a couple witches on a broom. Oh, there we go. We have an old witch on a broom and then sitting behind her on a broom. Sitting bitch is a young woman on a broom. And there's like an owl flying above them for some reason. Check that out for the people watching. The males of the species. All warlocks are witches, but not all witches are warlocks. Once, anybody could be a witch, man or woman. But by the Renaissance, the label increasingly took on a decidedly feminine shade that persists to this day. A male, which now is generally called a warlock, a distinction that is mostly semantics. But while the men could do all the same things the female version did, cast spells, cook up magic, bruise, cook up magic bruise, levitate, they've been treated much better over the ages. Only a few men were swept up in the witch trials. Um, which trials in Europe and America, while tens of thousands of women were targeted, proof that the most powerful, powerful spell cast upon a people has been sexism. Damn, we're getting deep. We're getting deep. Let's see, spellbinders. Some of these renowned enchanters are real. Some myths, some a little of both. Morgan Le Fay, a fairy enchantress in the Arthurian, ooh, that's my name, Arthur, King Arthur, legends who picked up her magic skills from books and the wizard Merlin, she assumes various personalities depending on the source material. Sometimes she's good. Sometimes she's bad. Sometimes she's a mix of both. Mm, a little danger and innocence. Mm, I like the sound of that. A witch in the streets. A freak in the streets and a witch in the sheets. Something like that. A witch in the streets and a freak in the sheets. I don't know. Comment below what you think of that should be. With a story that's rooted in Welsh legend, Fae, which means fairy or witch, is often cast as the sexually adventurous half-sister of Arthur with a particular animosity toward his queen, Genevieve. Still, she has never 
Still, she never scores with Lancelot. In other versions, she's more of a healer who patches things up with Arthur and even takes him on his final journey to Avalon, a popular role in movies, plays, and on television. Faye has most recently been played by Elizabeth Hurley with a sinister edge in Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. Gerald Gardner, the father of modern Wicca. The English-born Gardner went by his craft name, Skyer, and developed his interest in the mystical practices of native peoples while working as a civil servant in Ceylon, now Sri Lanka, Borneo, and Malaya. Returning to England after his 1936 retirement, he joined an a cold group, and was initiated, initiated into a coven, merging its rituals with ideas from the Freemasons, Celtic lore, Egyptian ideologies, ideologies, and the writings of occultist Aleister Crowley, Gardner formed Wicca, which he popularized in books like Witchcraft Today, and the meaning of witchcraft, which attracted followers in the United States and Australia. Oh, cool. My girlfriend lives in Australia. My girlfriend that I've never met, that I've been dating for like a year, because we met at the very beginning of COVID online in a Facebook UFO group, and we've been talking every day. Haven't been able to meet yet because of COVID, but what can you do, you know? Hopefully soon, hopefully we see the UFO at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully we can finally travel and meet soon. Hey, by the way, government, let us fucking travel. What the fuck? What the F, man? Let us fucking travel, dude. You fucks. God damn. It's ridiculous. Let us travel, bro. Anyone, you can tell I'm very eager to meet my long-distance girlfriend that I haven't met ever in person that I've been dating for a year. Video chat every day, talk every day, haven't been able to meet in person. Anyway, Sybil Leek, with her trademark cape, gowns, crystal necklace, and a crow named Mr. Hotfoot Jackson perched on her shoulder... Leek was England's most famous modern witch. Lecturing and writing extensively about the supernatural and mystical, claiming to be descended from an ancestral line of witches dating to the 12th century, she preferred to call herself a druid. Witches are working class, she once said. The druids are the priests. A clash with the Witchcraft Research Association in 1965 prompted her move to the United States, where she died in Florida in 1982 at age 65, having written more than 60 books. Wow. That's a lot of books. I haven't even written one book yet, and we got witches out here writing 60 books. You got to be impressed by that. 
Maybe get a little uh, espresso down my throat. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mother Shipton, a hideously ugly crone born in an English cave in the, a cave, Jesus Christ, in the 16th century, Ursula Southhale, known to history as Mother Shipton, was a soothsayer and prophetess who supposedly foretold several regional events. The damp, mossy cave of her birth has become a tourist attraction thanks to its purifying well, which turns objects into stone, a phenomenon science attributes to the water's high mineral content. What? So this cave that she was born in has a well, a petrifying well, which turns objects into stone. A phenomenon science attributes to the water's high mineral content. Are you sure it's just the mineral content? That sounds pretty supernatural. The most famous pop culture witches, Wicked Witch of the West, Samantha Stevens, Winifred Sanderson, Mal Maleficent, the Witches of Eastwick, and Hermione Granger. Wait, Hermione Granger was a witch in Harry Potter? Were the people in Harry Potter considered witches? I'm so confused. Wicked Witch of the West, number one. Playing the most iconic movie witch of all time, Margaret Hamilton gave it her all and then some in 1939's The Wizard of Oz. Enduring toxic copper oxide makeup, Jesus, and suffering third degree burns during the melting scene. I don't know what the melting scene is. Obviously, I need to rewatch The Wizard of Oz. Number two, Samantha Stevens. With a twitch of her nose, Elizabeth Montgomery's happy housewife casts her magic and tangles with her disapproving literal witch of a mother in the classic 1960s TV show Bewitched. Number three, Winifred Sanderson. In 1993's Hocus Pocus, Winnie, played by Betty Midler is a temperamental and vain witch who doesn't take kindly to being called ugly. She and her sisters, Kathy Najimi and Sarah Jessica Parker, wreak havoc in a small town on Halloween as they try to retrieve a book of spells and attempt to suck the life out of children along the way. Number four. Maleficent, of all the Disney witches, the mistress of all evil from the 1959 animated lecture, Sleeping Beauty is the scariest and most complex, as she curses Aurora to perpetual slumber on her 16th birthday with a spell that can be broken only by true love's kiss. The character has brought to frightening life 
by Kristen Bauer on TV's Once Upon a Time and Angela and bleh, and Angelina Jolie on the big screen in 2014's Maleficent and its sequel five years later. Number five, The Witches of Eastwick. Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Sarandon join Jack Nicholson's horny devil in this 1987 fantasy inspired by John Updike's novel. There are spells aplenty, but you'll never hear the word witch. And finally, number six, Hermione Granger, created by J.K. Rowling. Rowling. No, is it Rowling? Might be Rowling. Um... And played by Emma Watson in the eight Harry Potter movies, Hogwarts Hogwarts star pupil has it all. Brains, sense, and sass. But why, oh why, didn't she end up with Harry? I don't know. That was a weird... That, that thing was weird. Her love thing with Harry and the ginger kid. I, I didn't understand it. Kids, I guess, right? It was weird. Like, what are you guys even talking about? Do you guys like each other? Who likes who? Who doesn't like who? What are you guys doing? Ooh, this is nice. Check that out for the people watching. There's a nice skull, a little potion bottle, a, a witch's broomstick. Elixir of life. Drink this and you'll live forever. Or not. As far back as ancient China, alchemists have tried to cook up a potion that would guarantee immortality, but all too often accomplished the exact opposite. In the 3rd century BC, a Qin Dynasty emperor sent an alchemist out to sea with 500 young men and 500 young women in search of the elusive elixir. They never came back. Efforts at home proved no more successful. A Ming Dynasty emperor drank a brew with mercury and dropped dead. Centuries later, alchemists in Dark Ages era, Europe were consumed with the search for the philosopher's stone, a material they could turn, a material they thought could turn base metals like mercury into gold and silver. Or achieve eternal life. In Tibetan Buddhist tradition, the equivalent of the Philosopher's Stone is described as a pearl in the possession of the Buddha. Potion. From the Latin word potio, meaning to drink, liquids with powers to poison, transform, or bewitch, hearken Back to mythology. Let's see here. Da 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 da. Where? The ancient Greek. Let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? The ancient Greek told stories about brews from herbs or pharmaca from which we get pharmacy, which can transform men into pigs and other animals. 
brews of hallucinogenic plants and other strange ingredients to make ointments or witches, salves, percolated through the Middle Ages, promising to heal what ailed body or heart. One 16th century recipe claimed that a concoction of crushed earthworms and periwinkle would make someone fall in love with you. Mm. I mean, who wouldn't fall in love with somebody uh, drinking some crushed worms, earthworms, and periwinkle? I'm not sure what periwinkle is. Definitely heard of it. Don't know what it is. Let me just restart my uh, little video recording here every 30 minutes. Boom, back online. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, what else we got? What else we got? Broomstick. For a really good time, people in the Middle Ages slathered a broomstick with... Hold on, where is this even going right now? For a really good time, people in the Middle Ages slathered a broomstick with a bomb from Ergo, a hallucinogenic fungus, on rye bread and press the stick against the armpits or, in the case of particularly witchy women, between the legs for maximum penetration into the glands absorbed into the body, they started to fly. The obvious erotic implications of a woman riding a big staff is echoed in racy engravings of the era. The image fed paranoia, paranoia mainly among men, about female sexual power. Dude, what did I just read? So people la slathered hallucinogenic substances and other weird stuff on bread, fungus, rye bread. And then they would uh, shove it, shove the brooms, the broom, broom inside of them. What, what were these people doing, man? It's so strange. That's so strange. Like, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Honestly. Okay, well, let's... Uh, uh, get a little bit of espresso in there. Um, yeah, strange. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Moving on. Cauldron, the three witches of Macbeth, famously stir a cauldron while chanting double-double, toil and trouble, fire burn, and cauldron bubble. Though Shakespeare was not the first to ascribe mystical powers to an otherwise common cooking implement. The cauldron is associated with witches because it symbolizes the womb, a place of transformation and creation with its three legs representing the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Tricks of the trade. They used a variety of implements to practice their sorcery. What's a witch without some gear? Over the ages, ordinary sticks, brews, and pots took on magical... Oh, God, excuse me. took on magical powers that often had sexual overtones. A broomstick between a woman's legs? Hello. With a comp accompanying... 
what can I say that with accompanying with accompanying instruction manuals on how to use these mystical accessories. Wow. So that even came with instructions. Hey, step number one, slather this broomstick with this slippery stuff substance. Step number two, shove it inside you. Grim or how do you say that? Grimoire, grimoire, I don't know, grimoire. For as long as man could write, he has memorialized magical words onto surfaces. A 5th century BC Mesopotamia, it was clay tablets. In the Middle Ages, the classic books of spells called grimoires from the French word for books written in Latin, grammaires, grammaires, took off. With titles said to have been written by such unlikely authors as King Solomon, the Roman poet Virgil, Greek philosopher Aristotle, and mathematician Ptolemy, these books laid out instructions for casting spells, making charms, and summoning spirits, demons, and angels. What do you guys think? Is that real? Summoning demons and spirits and angels and uh, just like casting spells in general? Like, is that a real thing? What do you guys think? Why do you think they call it spelling? Because you're writing down spells. At least that's what they say. That's why they call it spelling. The word spell is in there. Hmm? Wand. Thousands of years before Harry Potter brought, bought his first magic wand, 11 inches long. Damn. Harry got a long wand, man. Don't know why Hermione uh, didn't like him. Anyway, made of holly with a phoenix feather core. The poet Homer placed a wand, which he called a rod, in the hand of the god Hermes to put people to sleep. By the Middle Ages, wands had morphed into the smaller, thinner sticks from trees felled with a single chop at sunrise on Wednesdays. So sunrise on Wednesdays is when they chop down these trees to make these magic wands, which is an interesting time to do it. Uh, that we know today. Spell. Sung spoken or chanted, these incantations have been around for as long as there have been enchanters and believers. Going back to the first spoken prayers, the most famous one, abracadabra, may come from the ancient Greek word abraxas carved on charms and later invoked by a 2nd century physician who prescribed malaria sufferers an amulet with the word written in the shape of a triangle to cure the disease. Wow. That's pretty fascinating. That is interesting. That is interesting. Um... Let's see, Mary Laveau rules the imagination of uh, this city. People think about her, see her, have visions of her, dream about her, talk to her. Mary Laveau, voodoo queen, New Orleans legendary voodoo practitioner, told fortunes 
and kept secrets. In a city of ghosts, hers is the most famous among the narrow cobblestone walkways of historic St. Louise Cemetery Number 1, where hundreds of dead people lie in above-ground tombs, is that of Mary Laveau. Laveau. Laveau? The voodoo queen, an exotic, turbaned creole who, in life, moved seamlessly through vastly different worlds, slave and free, and who, in death, can't seem to rest in peace. Born in 1801 in New Orleans, Levu was a free woman of color of European, Native American, and Black Creole descent in the time of slavery. Excuse me, Jesus. Uh, where we at? <laughs> a devout Catholic who still practiced the religion of her African ancestors. She would attend Mass on Sunday mornings, then in the afternoons host voodoo ceremonies in a public square where slaves were allowed to gather. Her exaggerated, stereotypical displays were designed to fool white people. Hmm, what does that mean? Fortune teller. At night... The real rituals were held behind closed doors when people of all races came to her living room for a unique brand of voodoo that combined African, Catholic, and Native American traditions with her big gold hoop earrings shimmering in the candlelight. She dispensed good luck charms, told fortunes, sold healing remedies, and offered advice on everything from money problems to infidelity. Let me get a little bit of water. Let me get a little bit of water here. Oh, if I can reach it. If I can reach it. If I can reach it. A little ASMR. Oh. The city's elite confided their innermost secrets to her, secrets she later used to manipulate them. The poor and enslaved came to her for comfort and support. Living a few blocks from Bourbon Street, she welcomed orphans, slaves, and Native Americans into her home. Lavu paid for children's schooling and the jail bonds for black women held in petty crimes, and she ministered to death row inmates at New Orleans Parish prison well it's a very nice lady oh excuse me many a condemned man's last meal was lavu's gumbo must be some good gumbo 
She died at 79 in 1881 and was laid to rest in the tomb of her husband's family, the Galapions. Sounds like a bunch of aliens. Taurus, Taurus, make a, a beeline for the tall white tomb, a constant target of vandalism due to a legend that holds that anyone who etches three red X's on the stone will have their wish come true. Interesting. X's that are circled are said to mean that the wish has come true. Oh, wow. So there's like a little white building here in the cemetery. A bunch of red X's uh, scribbled on the outside walls by random people. X's that are circled are said to mean that the wish has come true. I believe it. I've seen some crazy stuff. Power of the mind is real. Manifestation is real. Um, speaking things into existence is real. Visualization is real. So why would it, why couldn't this be real? I think it could be very, very real. And I'm sure if you believe hard enough and, you know, I'm sure there's, it can come true. The tomb is now surrounded by fencing and protected by security cameras, which never seem to capture Lavu's celebrated nocturnal stirrings. There have been numerous sightings of the voodoo queen strolling the French Quarter in her red and white turban and reports of her pinching cemetery visitors she feels don't believe in voodoo. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So her ghost is going around pinching people that she feels uh, don't believe in voodoo. That's pretty funny. You're a ghost. You just go around pinching people. You know what? Uh, screw this person. I'm going to pinch you. Mm, I'm pinching people. I'm into it. Haunting effigies. Contrary to popular belief, voodoo dolls like those sold to tourists in New Orleans have nothing to do with voodoo practices. Actual voodoo dolls and effigies are used for healing or communicating with dead loved ones. The notion that pricking dolls with pins causes pain comes from American writings of the 20th century that combine European mystical traditions with racist views of black Caribbean people. It, can, it also can be traced to a misunderstanding over a U.S. government ban on lethal dolls imported from Haiti in the 1950s. The problem was not that the dolls had evil uses, but that the castor bean eyes were choking hazards for children. Yeah, but like, isn't pretty much anything small a choking hazard for children? You can't ban everything, right? I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, so apparently that's, I didn't know that. Apparently that's a misconception that, you know, voodoo dolls are meant for causing pain to other people by pricking them. That's not what you do with them. They're used to communicate with, uh, what is it? Dead loved ones, right? Yeah, dead loved ones. Not for hurting other people by pricking the doll. It's not how it works. So now we know. Here we go. Now we're on to Hermione Granger. 
and other witches from TV shows. Welcome to the new era. We've come a long way from Maleficent to Hermione. She tries to solve... She tries to solve Snape's riddle at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Hermione Granger tells her wizard pals, Ron and Harry, this isn't magic, it's logic. A puzzle. In 1997, as J.K. Rowling rolled out the first Harry Potter book, the world met Hermione, played by Emma Watson, a new kind of witch who uses her smarts as much as her wand. Throughout the blockbuster book and movie franchise, Hermione's know-it-all attitude, level-headedness, and kindness put her on an equal and often superior footing with her cohorts, a dynamic not usually seen when writers team a female with two males. As St. Catherine University English and Women's Studies Professor Cecilia Conchar, Farr, PhD, told the Huffington Post, Hermione's not just a sidekick, she's a central character. I like Hermione, she's cool. When I started to write Hermione, when I actually got a hold of a pen, she came incredibly easily, largely because she's me, said author J.K. Rowling. Man, I would love to write some science fiction novels, and I will. I'll write at least one. I love creative writing, science fiction, being creative and just writing, you know. So I want to write some short stories. I want to write some books. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be cool. Hermione was that perfect example of turning on its head this initial prejudice that she gets. Hermione is the one with the plan. She's in control. That's cool. Breaking the mold. Before her, the template of the cackling crone of the Wizard of Oz or Disney's evil Coniverse looked to the medieval model. As Erica Jong noted in her 1981 book, Witches, throughout history, witches were essentially, mo- were essentially mother goddesses from pagan times pushed to the fringes of patriarchal societies that had no use for female deities. If you exclude women from church rites, they will practice their magic in the fields, in forests, in their own kitchens. Ooh, that's cool. Zhang wrote, The point is, female power cannot be suppressed. It can only be driven underground. But popular culture had been getting primed for a new archetype. Alison Hannigan's Willow Rosenberg was discovering and becoming obsessed by her powers on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Melissa Joan Hart was juggling the joys and heartaches of adolescence on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Then came Hermione, the star pupil at Hogwarts, who is just as likely to find her powers in the library as in the supernatural world. She has been heralded as a feminist 
icon, but one distinctly of the Comic-Con era. Hermione is the first witch who made it look cool to be a geek. Was she really the first one, though? Witchcraft today. No longer practicing in the shadows, modern witches bear little resemblance to the cauldron-stirring crones of lore or the misunderstood scapegoated women of frenzied witch hunts. Although there are sects of Satan worshippers and pagan cults, a typical witch today follows Wicca, a religion popularized by Gerald Gardner in the 1950s that draws on a number of ancient pagan rites, practicing magic, worshipping God and goddess, and venerating the divine in nature. That was a mouthful. Trick are truly magical. Famous magicians and mentalists have dazzled with illusions that seem impossible until you go on YouTube. Even the greatest feat can leave an aftertaste. That feeling that somewhere, somehow, someone is pulling a fast one on us. We just need to know the secret. But a select few magicians dazzle us so completely that all we're left with is shock and awe. Got some pictures here for you for the people watching. David Blaine. Kicking the danger up. Let me see here. Let me fold this magazine. Kicking the danger level up a notch. David Blaine has specialized in daring do's. I don't know what that means. That would have given Harry Houdini the shivers. D David Blaine was on uh, the Joe Rogan Experience a couple months ago. Doing some crazy stuff. He swallowed a frog on live air, then threw it up. Uh, poor frog. And uh, what else did he do? He had Joe Rogan shove like an ice pick through his bicep. That was interesting to watch. Um, let's see where we at. Famously burying himself in alive in 1999 in a plastic box beneath a three-ton water tank for seven days with only liquid nourishment. How did he have enough air, though? Michael did some amazing things, but he could not have done this, said Houdini's niece, Marie Blood. Marie Blood. For his next trick, Blaine is passing the torch to his daughter, Dessa, who's only nine years old, but already a prodigy with card tricks. She dazzled celebrities, James Corden, Tom Brady, and Giselle Bunchen in an April 2020 TV special, prompting her doting father to admit you're the real magic. Wow. Um, get a little espresso here. Yeah, I saw his daughter once on YouTube when he was filming his balloon thing where he flew up into the sky with like a couple hundred balloons. She was there. David Copperfield. 
The American performer who made the Statue of Liberty disappear in front of a live television audience in 1983 went on to stage spectacles such as walking through the Great Wall of China, surviving a plunge down Niagara Falls, and escaping from Alcatraz. Perhaps his greatest feat, however, has been the ability to make money appear. From his $4 billion in-ticket grosses for his stage shows, to his real estate investments, he owns 11 private islands in the, Beh in the Bahamas. Copperfield is the richest magician in the world, with a net worth estimated to be $875 million. Wow. 11 private islands, dude. This guy is insane. So many islands. Like, what does he do there? What does he do on these islands? It's so cool, though. And how do you make a Statue of Liberty disappear? That doesn't even make any sense. The Amazing Kreskin, once a fixture on TV in the 1970s with his staggering 61 appearances on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson and his own series, The Amazing World of Kreskin, the American mentalist continues to make predictions and read minds in his mid-80s. Still performing his classic trick, finding, finding his paycheck hidden by audiences. Though his act includes mind reading, he's never claimed to have psychic gifts. I think of them not as powers, but as abilities. Uh, what's the difference? He told DC Metro Theater Arts in 2019, One of the huge things I rely on is intuition, because I believe that empathy is the most priceless gift we have. And that's why I say I'm 60% psychic. I guess I, I don't care. I call it a gift, abilities, um, powers, all the same to me. Harry Houdini, the most renowned magician of all time, Houdini born... Eric Wise in Hungary in 1874 dazzled vaudeville and silent movie audiences in the early 1900s with his death-defying escapes from handcuffs, chains, and ropes, often while hanging upside down and submerged in water. He went on to expose fraudulent mediums and psychics preying on the grieving and the gullible. After he died in 1926 of a ruptured appendix, probably caused by a fan who hit him in the stomach, Houdini's wife held seances on Halloween for the next decade to summon the magician's spirit using a prearranged code message, Rosabelle believes, giving, before giving up. Ten years is long enough to wait for any man, she said. Damn. I gave up on his ass. Yuri Geller. Achieving fame by bending spoons in 1970s telev television appearance, the British-Israeli mystifier, who claims to have discovered, what is he, Neo from the Matrix? Who claims to have discovered his special powers at age five, maintains a hold on popular culture even as scores of magicians have shown in YouTube videos exactly and how easily his signature trick can be done. Geller's suggestion in March 2019 that Britain's use mass telepathy to stop Brexit, Brexit made national news in the UK, proving that his greatest gift may, the, may be the power to conjure publicity. And that, my alien and ghost and supernatural babies, is where we shall end 
the Supernatural podcast today. We've been doing this for almost an hour. Up next is this article. Let's save it for um, another time. Got full moons, knock on wood, break a mirror, lucky rabbit's foot, don't walk under a ladder, things like that. Next week, who knows what I'll do. I'll probably pick a different magazine to switch it up. Maybe I'll do something more UFO related or more, or, or more, uh, excuse me, more ghost related. I don't know, but I would like to switch it up. Maybe a little less supernatural next week. Maybe a little bit more UFOs, but we'll see. In this part of the podcast where I'm going to get closer to the video, to the, not the video, to the, what do you call it? Um... To the camera. But yeah, my alien babies, my ghost babies, uh, if you would like to be in the live podcast, which I'm going to do right now after this podcast that I'm filming, I'm going to go on Instagram live at Arthur Alien if you want to follow me and do a live video chat, share your UFO, ghost, and paranormal experiences live on my podcast, Alien Babies Live on Instagram at Arthur Alien. Uh, we could do that. Live video chat with your boy and share your uh, UFO experiences. Because I know most of the time, you know, when you try to tell people about your sightings and experiences, they look, like, they look at you like you're crazy or dumb. You know, maybe they get mad. Maybe you get mad. It's not a good experience. That's why I created the podcast for the alien babies to come on and uh, share their experiences without feeling judged, you know, or attacked by people. To feel welcome, to finally feel good about sharing their experience, to actually want to share their experience for once. So, yeah. Well, anyway, guys, stay super positive, stay safe, hit me up with some questions, send me some UFO footage, send me some cool footage, some ghost footage, UFOs, something weird paranormal, you know, um... I'll post it on IG, TikTok. I have like 80K followers on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at Alientainment. And um, yeah, I might even film some videos talking in the background, showing your footage like Secure Team 10 used to do, if you ever watched that channel. But anyway, guys, stay spooky. Welcome to my dream. It's good to see you again. Yeah.